When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. Let our science to celebrate famous list now. Come on! There's rebellion in the wind. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur bosses? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw them with my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did in illusions, man. None of it is true. I know insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion! So, welcome back to the Deep Share. Tonight, I am really excited. I have Ryan Deem here from the Dangerous World Podcast. How's it going, Ryan? Good, buddy. How you doing, man? Good, good. And, uh, I, you know, I want my audience to go check out what you've been doing. I mean, all your episodes are great, but lately I've just been obsessed with the series you've been doing on Mind Control. How many parts have you done so far? Oh, dude, you're too kind, man. Um, so I just actually put out the seventh uh and that's the final one here on september 9th it just came out so um yeah man it was a fun deal i i I picked up this book called uh mind control world control by jim keith and i thought that i wanted to do in a series on the entire book but right when i started reading it dude it is it, it calls itself the encyclopedia on mind control and it is that every single sentence is information there's no fluff um, so it's very dense reading. I could, I, you could do an entire podcast on this book. It's crazy. Oh, shit. Cool, yeah. man. I'll have to look into that book for sure. Who wrote yeah, it? Dude. Uh, Jim Keith. And you know Jim what? Keith. I bought it like a sucker, but you can freaking, uh, you can get the PDF version of it on online for free. You can just type in mind control, world control book PDF, and you get the whole thing, dude. And I recommend it to anyone, dude, anyone that is into this stuff. Hell yeah, man. I'll have to put that. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. I love that. So many people that are putting out that kind of content like you know whenever years ago or now and there's so much free access to this and i feel like that's the whole point right i mean we're talking about freedom here Uh, you know it's great that we can give people that avenue to check this stuff out without having to drop a dollar on it it's pretty cool yeah i think that he passed away some time ago if i if my memory is correct here Mm -hmm. and and i i mean trust me dude i understand the idea of like putting a product out that you spend a lot of time on and wanting to get a little bit of money for it, you know, oh, absolutely. And, but yeah, like you said, get the stuff out there after like sales stop coming in, get it out to people so that more people can get that information in. Yeah. Damn right, man. That's cool, dude. So, so yeah, Ryan series, man, has been intense. I mean, you've covered the occult and secret societies and that aspect you've gone into the OSS, which became the CIA and MK ultra. I was on one of those episodes. That was a blast. Thanks again for having me on. Anytime. Um, 
you go into the Nazis and that whole thing and harp. It's just like you're covering this whole gambit and it's painting quite an interesting picture. I mean, it's not all the time that you get to put all these things right together. You know, a lot of times people will do episodes on this stuff, but it's just unique and scattered all over the place, all over the feed. But the fact that you're putting all these different angles together, I think is really crucial here. Cause it's just, you're hitting everybody left and right. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Thanks, man. I, I felt like it was a little confusing, um, but it, it it's confusing to read again. The book is, is incredibly dense, dude. Like, you know, I'm a procrastinator. So when I'm you know, with a full time job and everything like that, when I'm going to go and try and research for an episode, I always do make the same mistake. I'm always like, OK, I just need about two days worth of research for a chapter or two. Mm-hmm. No, man, you need like a week or two to really go into it. So as as deep as I tried to go, man, I I just scratched the surface of the book. Right. I mean, you could do endless episodes probably yes. with a million interviews. I mean, uh, what I wanted to, to start off with um, was like, you know, some of the most shocking aspects of the programs that you saw. I mean, because for the most part, you know, you and I are embedded in this world. We're so used to these things that not a lot of stuff surprises us. It just kind of adds it and we're just check it off, you know, like, oh, yep, they did that. But was there anything like truly shocking that you found out that you didn't know before? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, so starting in the beginning of the book, even, you know, uh, first of all, I found out that uh, George Orwell is not this populist that he seems to be. He was actually a, a state sponsoring socialist. I mean, George Orwell, who wrote the book 1984, we quoted all the time as like, this dude was a G, you know, like this guy was all about freedom and all this stuff. And dude, that was propaganda, man. It wasn't only predictive programming. It was propaganda. You know, Um, it it blew my mind to to hear that. And then just when you look into how infiltrated from the beginning, the United States educational system was right. And that is the most practical component of mind control. When you talk about educating a child, right? Um, You've got this guy, Wilhelm Wundt, who redefined psychology. And he was actually the first person to ever call himself a psychologist. And, um, you know, coming from Prussia, coming from the uh, region of the world that had this very unique school system where you have one, like, I think it's uh, half of 1% of kids going to a school called Academy. And this, this tiny group of kids, usually like elite, you know, parents and so on. Um, these kids are going to academy and they're learning how to make policies and how to be, uh, you know, creative, how to really think on their own the way that schools should be. Mm. And you've got, a, I think, five and a half percent of uh, other kids going to what they call real schooling. And this was to learn how to take the policies that this half of a percent of the kids would create and they would learn the skills necessary to put it out to the, the world the, that lower 94 percent so think about like someone going to real school and maybe that would be like a bill gates uh or or people that we don't even know the names of that are so high up and this real uh real a real schooling would be like a tony fauci or uh even like a joe biden or uh, i mean if people may hate to hear it but a donald trump too you know mm-hmm. um and then that bottom 94 percent of kids went to volk schooling it was called And that was literally zero critical thinking, Um, learn how to 
take systems and work within them and work the most efficient way that you can while still following the system's rules. There's penalties for acting out of line, kind of like the way that we do school today, man. And um, that kind of blew my mind, dude. I think that that society really works off of the Volkschulen method. This like just this idea that everyone has the same set of skills. Everyone learns the same stuff. And I mean, dude, I don't use anything from high school, like on, on my day to day life. You know what I mean? I don't know about <laughs> you. I'm not speaking for everyone. Yeah, I'm not using algebra two at all. You know, yeah. I'm sure plenty of people are, but they're job. It's job relevant. It's completely job relevant. Probably most of them are teachers teaching the damn thing. Yeah. You know? Well, let me ask you this, too. I mean, did you have like a tax class in high school or a- absolutely yeah. not? No, nope. I mean, I, and I, history I, was lacking. Yeah, dude, I'm 30 freaking years old and I barely know how to do taxes. Like I need help with my taxes. You know what I mean? It's intimidating, right? And we've yeah. all been bred that way at this point. It's all intimidation. The language is intimidating. It's like watching uh, the news ticker about the stock markets. If you don't get it, it's horrifying. It's like I would never. It's like jumping into traffic trying to get involved in the stock market. You know what I mean? Exactly, dude. Well, I'm, yeah, it's like catching a falling knife, dude, is what the, <laughs> the freaking stock market is, dude. It's a great way to put it. It's <laughs> thanks. I mean, it's just a weird it's a weird setup that it seems like they wanted us to be in the slave mentality. They really did. I mean, all this stuff really starts kicking off in the early 1900s. This is when like the Federal Reserve comes about. The FBI is born. Um, the federal income tax uh, mm. is, is introduced in the early 1900s. And so when when you have like this guy, H.G. Wells, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yep. He was the spokesman for the New World Order during this time. You know, he died in 46, if I'm if I'm uh, correct. Um, and he was known for like, you know, science fiction type work. But he wrote books about the New World Order that were supposed. I, th I think that, you know, if nuts like Alex Jones and stuff like say anything correct, I think that he is right about this idea that they feel like and when I use the term they it's, you know, the elite. They yeah. feel like they want to or they need to tell us what they're doing. And if they don't tell us what they're doing and they do it anyway, that's some like negative karmatic energy on them. Right. Mm. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, dude. But anyway, oh, this HG it. Wells, <laughs> that's to me, that's that's revelation of method. That's yeah. that whole paradigm. You know, that that's a deep well, too, you know, and it's all connected. Well, yeah, dude, and it's crazy because you get, um, you know, HG Wells writing these kinds of things. He gets involved with uh, Hegel, you know, the, the Hegelian dialectic. His name, his full name is George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. And uh, this is another Marxist. You know what I mean? All of these people that were intellectuals back at, you know, shortly after our country was founded, as much as we act like we hate communism, we sure put a lot of communists in power, dude. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and that to me is just the most insidious way to create a, a, a society. You know, it, they call it the American experiment for a reason. And I think that it is because we were we were set up as a country, I think, to look like this mighty force. Uh, you know, everyone here has a gun and all this great stuff. But um, I think that for people like George Soros, this is a great test to see if you can like take down a country like the United States, this mighty freaking 800 pound gorilla that, you know, is kind of different than the rest of the world in a sense. Mm. Um, but I mean, our elites yeah. are the same, dude. Our elites are the exact same. It's like America's kind of been the uh, the one in the spotlight, right? 
it's been the braggart the you know the kind of the bully but also the preppy popular kid you know what i mean like it's this this polished cartoon plastic person that nobody really likes but everybody tries to be near it's just that's kind of what i've gotten from it and you and i kind of talked about this a little bit i think when i was on about the the beginning of the country and stuff and how blurred the lines are you know do we tr- i was just talking to jay hanahan from uh the how to kill a sacred cow podcast and we were talking how like you you spend one day thinking the the you know the founding fathers were legit and then the next day it's like ah, i don't know was it all bought and paid for was it is it all set up was it set up from the beginning was it a little bit later it's so difficult to figure out and I feel like the mind control stuff is at the heart of it because wasn't it going on from like the late 1800s, like early 1900s? A hundred percent, dude. And that it, it was, there wasn't this technology that they used. And, you know, we hear about MK Ultra is the one that I didn't want to spend too much time on when I was doing the series, because like, if you look up mind control, if you try to listen to a podcast regarding mind control, you're going to get nothing but MK Ultra stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there is so much there. I think there's like 146 sub projects under MK Ultra. Um, we're talking like Bluebird, Midnight Climax, which I know that you and I talked about a little bit. Yep. Artichoke. Um, I mean, endless, endless stuff. And you can go online and you can just type in MK Ultra sub projects. And if you got a, a month or two, you can go through and you can read all the stuff. They show patents. They show the technology uh, about like brain implants. Uh, weather manipulation, which, you know, if you can manipulate the weather, that is having an effect on people's minds. Oh, my God. In such a heavy way, dude. Yeah. yeah. We're talking Man, like the home. Duga radar. Yeah, exactly. Duga radar. Do you say harp? Yeah. Well, I said that's our home. You know, it's like oh. if they can manipulate our home to their advantage, like that's terrifying, you know? Yeah, dude. Just, just the archetype of that. Oh. Yeah, it's nuts. And then like, oh, oh, I'm sure we'll get into fluoride a little bit here. I can actually give you the guy's name that brought. Yeah, dude, I can give you the guy's name that uh, brought fluoride to the attention of the United States government. He's a real, real scumbag. Um, But yeah, dude. So, I mean, uh, if you're down, let's get into the the kind of weird uh, mind control project. So you got another student of one, uh, a couple that are pretty influential. You got J.B. Watson and J.B. Watson was the dude that did. Uh, the Little Albert Project. And this was a, a pretty screwed up little deal. He did a lot of weird, weird uh, mind control and and sort of they, they didn't call it mind control, obviously, but it was just trying to figure out how the brain works. Mm-hmm. And um, they the most infamous from uh, J, J.B. Uh, sorry, I'm forgetting the same name. Uh, J.B. Watson was this uh, Little Albert thing where he would take a kid and the kid would play with a rat at the same time every day um the it, the kid grew to love this rat and um little white rat and every day coming in right after a snack or whatever so it's all positive stuff right um one day though watson brings the rat in and starts banging on the floor with a large uh metal pole so you know a little kid you know three or four year old kid instead of associating the rat with like playtime he begins like you know his ears hurt when he sees this rat he doesn't really understand that this dude is screwing with him, right? I mean, this is kind of the the tragic part, one of many tragic parts about working with kids. Um, so over and over again, every day, this dude is banging on the floor when the kid is trying to play with the rat. And it gets so bad to the point where this little Albert kid couldn't even see an animal 
of any kind without freaking out, dude. Like, you know, it wasn't just like he would try and walk away from it. He would uh, like not literally, but like foam at the mouth type stuff, dude, like just absolutely terrified. Um, All stemming from this white rat and loud noises. Um, Jesus. It's it's tragic, dude. And these are just the ones that we know about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And these were taking place at like college campuses at some point in history, too. I know that like Georgetown University had a whole building put together all under the guise of something good. But it was all testing on like mental patients and death, you know, uh, uh, terminally ill cancer patients with all kinds of shit. Well, yeah, I I can jump ahead here a little bit um, regarding like Johns Hopkins, you know. There's mm. there's several schools, like you said, that really like the, the psychology department was where all this stuff was going down, oddly enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how insidious is that, first of all, taking <laughs> someone that's trying to come in for help, they're admitting to their doctor that they're a little off in the head and then they're like, OK, perfect. We can test on this guy. You know what I mean? Or yeah. girl or whatever. Um, but yeah, this this John Dewey, dude, he was the one that really created our educational system like the 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 uh, cumulative curriculum type stuff where like you go to first grade and then you you know second grade builds off of first grade and third grade builds off second grade and so on um that was john dewey and guess what dude he's a marxist too i mean all (laughs) these people at these levels of freaking marxists and uh yeah man it's just nuts but yeah so bf skinner was another one of once students and uh, B.F. Skinner is a very, very infamous name when it comes to all this yeah. stuff. He, I was going to say, I, I'm familiar with his name, but I'm not sure what his involvement was. So I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he he uh, was in Army Intelligence, um, created the Skinner box, which, you know, the Skinner box, they'll tell you that this was all about uh, testing on animals, rats and, and small things like this. But um started using it with kids too. He started rather than just putting one kid in a Skinner box, which a Skinner box is like an environmentally controlled. uh, You, you complete a task and you go up and push a button on the box and it gives you some food or whatever. Um, They started this with animals. Then they moved on to kids. And instead of one kid, they would put several kids in these Skinner boxes at a time and attempt to create the collective mind of these kids. Um, and this dude put his own daughter in it, supposedly. Um, his daughter's name is Deborah Skinner Boozen. And if you look online, it'll say that she denies all these claims. She wrote a book denying the claims. Um, but according to this book and according to a lot of other research that I did, she actually killed herself in her 20s because she was so crazy because of the project, uh, the, uh, the experiments that were ran on her from her own father. Um, again, she denies the claims, which, you know, I don't know how that works. I don't trust a lot of stuff on the internet. Um, I actually went to just, (laughs) yeah, it sure is, dude. I actually went to just go check this right now, just to see if this, if this, uh, Deborah Skinner Boozen, uh, actually did die like that. And, um, I mean, it's so easy to, to manipulate those facts though. So I don't know if that's a hundred percent true or not, but this is, I've heard it over and over again. And, um, you know, of course, you can go online just like you can go online and say, like, you know, uh, Bill Gates is the most powerful doctor in the world. Yeah. Uh, you can go online and, and see that Deborah uh, did not kill herself. So right. uh, interesting, interesting stuff there, dude. But yeah, yeah man, um, there's that's the main thing that got to me was just how education was infiltrated from our beginning. Yeah. Um, instead of learning for ourselves, we're taught to follow the system. And um, 
JFK, the whole situation that went down with that. I don't know, dude, if you happen to see the first commercial that ever played after JFK was assassinated. No, dude, it is worth your time to check out. So there is a uh, there's a TV show playing. Um, I forget the name off the top of my head. It was a soap opera. And on CBS, uh, they interrupt the soap opera. And uh, it says, you know, JFK has been potentially fatally shot. Jackie's with them. Uh, they're, I think, like they're getting them onto Air Force One or whatever. Blah blah blah, and it cuts back. So by the time, so, you know, soap opera gets cut off, public service announcement goes on. By that time, a commercial is rolling, and it just so happens it's at the very beginning of this commercial, and it's a pendulum swinging. It's literally a pendulum swinging, which is used in hypnotism, and it's for Nescafe coffee. You see the pendulum swinging. You see a lady put a coffee cup on a table. You see her stir it, kind of like the movie Get Out, where the hypnotist stirs the coffee and clinks a spoon yeah. on the side, right? Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> the whole time, the pendulum's going back and forth as to say, like, yeah, you're being hypnotized right now. Um, and then the dude drinking the coffee, for some reason, had this really eerie kind of vibe to him. Kind of does that thing where he cocks an eyebrow up and just looks real, real shady, dude. But... Uh, that was the first commercial ever played after JFK was shot. Just a, a freaking pendulum swinging back and forth. Wow. And it's funny, you know, the hypnotism is right on the nose with, with the mind control. And then on another aspect of it, it's almost like maybe back then to anyone that saw it, that was awake, like you and I are now, maybe it was that, you know how like today, if we see certain things, it's one thing to everyone that's not paying attention, but to us, it's like a straight mockery. Yeah kind of looks like a pendulum literally swinging you know like keeping us confused you know the the uh the hegelian dialectic right yeah divide yeah, and conquer That's, and, and, and they it, love symbolism <laughs> they sure do dude and you know the some people say like symbolism is going to be their downfall and i would believe that if the people could come together enough to to act on this kind of stuff yeah and agree but, on the symbolism <laughs> yeah exactly dude I, you know i i kind of did a thing where i you know i i saw a sign language book at at the store and this was the sign yeah. you know and i'm like i was kind of joking about it but i was thinking i was like dude out of all the signs that you can put on the book why are you doing that one? You know what I mean? Why not? Like and then I the love two you next or... to it, the two numbers next to it were six, six or whatever, like on the next book over. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I your was, post. It was a trip, dude. Like it's the so synchronicity. Those... It's like, ah, why yeah. is the universe showing me that right now, bro? <laughs> exactly, dude. It's like when I'm like, when I'm away from work, I work for a pretty major company. When I'm away from work, I try to like not pay attention to it, but I'll see like a semi with the logo going by like every day when I'm off, dude. Like, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, like the world is showing me, Stuff that I don't want to see, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> just um, giving you more of what you're doing subconsciously. <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. So it's a trip, man. I think that you can find this stuff anywhere, and um, the the whole hypnotism thing falls right in line with Manchurian candidates, and that's actually what's on this most recent episode that I did. And can't um, wait to listen. Thanks, man. That's yeah, have awesome. you? Have you seen the uh, the movie Manchurian Candidate with Denzel? Seen both. I've seen the original, which is yeah. just as good, but you know it's a little dry. It's older, but the Denzel one with him and Leif Schreiber and everything. Yeah. That Meryl Streep, dude. Yeah, Meryl Streep is awesome in that movie, yeah. and you know whatever about Hollywood, but for what they do, that movie was epic, and it it told the story perfectly. Yeah. I often wonder if because 
they can only tell the truth in symbolism. It's like all these fictional stories that we see are kind of kind of their way of of uh, getting their stories out to the world in some way, even as evil as they can be or whatever. Like <laughs> they're yeah. able to like at least get it out of their system. Like, ah, good. I told someone about how awesome and powerful I am, even though I can't really tell them. Well, dude, and the whole, the whole, the whole uh, idea with Hollywood working hand in hand with the CIA. I mean, with uh, what's the movie Argo? Um, where yeah. I mean, like John Kuriaku saw Ben Affleck in the freaking CIA headquarters when he was working there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and John Kuriaku like the CIA whistleblower. Uh, pretty badass dude it's a little side story about him dude um supposedly you know just because some people like to think like rudy giuliani is a good guy in this stuff supposedly <laughs> um and i'm not suicidal but supposedly this guy uh john kuriaku was trying to ask giuliani and his team if they could get a trump pardon because this guy you know he he john kuriaku blew the whistle on like abu grave and mm-hmm. like all these torture camps during the bush administration obama and all this stuff um so he's he's got like this overhanging kind of, you know, cloud of, of arrests. And he asked Trump for a pardon. Rudy Giuliani is sitting there with him with his two aides. And Rudy Giuliani gets up and goes to the bathroom. And when he's gone, the aides ask uh, John Koryaku for two million dollars and then they can give him that pardon. Holy shit. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, no one is freaking pure at that level. No, absolutely not. man. I mean, I've seen plenty about Trump. Plenty, you know, it's it's. They're just playing the Hegelian dialectic, the two, the two against against us, you know, red versus blue always. And the color stuff. Did you run into uh, any color magic or colors in your in your research? Because I know that they like to use certain colors for a lot of, you know, uh, to to get us to feel a certain way from what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole idea of like red and yellow make you hungry. And that's why McDonald's and Burger Mm. King and all these companies use it. I didn't get to anything in that book. I hadn't covered all the stuff. I may revisit more chapters later as far as colors go, but I would definitely say that there's something to that, man. I think like, but I think that it would be more backwards than what they tell you. Cause if you notice in like an insane asylum situation, you've got a lot of white all over the place and that's supposed to make people feel calm. Uh, there's this serenity to white, but um. I feel like white's kind of maddening, dude. Like, if you, I don't know if you've ever been in like a plain house, like a house that's that you just I mean, I've never really bought a brand new house, but like, you know, buying a, I would imagine going and buying a house when it's everything's white. You got white tile, white mm. walls. And it's just like, dude, you don't like it's not a home. It's not like it's comfortable for you. You know what I mean? I think that there's something negative to white. Um, not saying Could that there's be. something. Yeah, I mean, there, I'm not saying there's something positive to black. I tend to find black to be more uh, calming. I have black, a black bathroom. You know, I painted my bathroom black. Um, nice. It's fun, dude. I That's got a, I got, metal. I know, dude, <laughs> you know what, dude, I even got a freaking, uh, sp- I spray painted a, uh, a fake goat head uh, thing up in there too. So Did you really? yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like to do a little uh, shit like that. I, I'm, That's I'm awesome, into all that man. stuff, man. I think that it's fun, but um, That's cool. uh, anyway, though, dude, it's just to, the Manchurian candidate connection with the stuff that I was looking into. Um, I yeah, saw that. that. Yeah, dude, I saw the movie a while ago and thought it was just a great idea. You know, I thought it was yeah. pretty, pretty sweet. Um, come to find out, dude, there's an entire chapter on this in this book. Um, 
essentially describing the movie in real life, though. Um, it's very interesting, like talking about how you'll get a call. Um, if you're a sleeper cell, you'll get a call. Um, someone picks up the phone uh, and they hear their name from a voice that they recognize and the trigger word is spoken and they black out. And the next thing they remember, they're in their home. So in the movie, The Manchurian Candidate, uh, let's say it's it's me and let's just say I'm a I'm a private in the military. They would say, hey, private Dean. And I say, yes, private Ryan Dean. Yes. Ryan Paul Dean, like my full name. And then that snaps you into your into your your tasks that you have to carry out. Um, he didn't say it in so many words, but he said that that is exactly, you know, the way that it works out. And, and the guy that actually disclosed this stuff was uh, Colonel William Bishop. And he gave this speech. It was a NATO conference in Norway. And uh, they talked about this stuff. He, he disclosed it to London Sunday Times and they reported on it. And of course, the Pentagon comes in and says, you know, this isn't true. Uh, he's talking about future products, things that we're working on. Uh, they discredited him right away. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, he kind of walked his, his thing back a little bit, his statement. But he never fully said, like, no, like I, I was lying there for attention, you know, like no one's going to be lying about that kind of stuff at that level. No. Um, he might have intentional. Just, yeah, dude, he might have just slipped up and, and, and realized that he shouldn't have said it. But, you know, uh, who knows, dude, it's yeah. tough to know at that level what these people actually think and who they're really loyal to. It's so um, tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, sometimes but... you find politicians that really seem like they're going to be our heroes and not necessarily even talking about Trump, but just, mm -hmm. and not even politicians, but there's so many people on that level that say all the right things, even to people like us, you know, like recently, I mean, maybe this, I'm hoping this is just my paranoia. You got Roger Waters. I mean, shit, he's King of the world. I mean, he's Pink Floyd, you know, he is come. He's been coming out hard against the establishment and it's awesome to yeah, see, yeah. but it's so weird. Cause like he's, He's rich as fuck. He's way up there. I mean, and I don't want to be that person to just be paranoid and assume they're all out to get us or anything. But you're right. I mean, at that level, it's hard to, to know what's what when you look into the movies and your favorite directors and stuff. It's like, well, shit, how could they not see this or not know this? Clearly, they're talking, you know, it's just it's a it's a weird world when you don't know if you can trust those guys. And I often say that you have to let your heroes die often. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, well, I mean, so what do you think about this whole Rand Paul against Anthony Fauci thing? Right. To me, it sucks because like, you know, put me six, seven, eight years ago or whatever, whatever regard I had for politicians, which wasn't much anyway, altogether. But a guy like Rand Paul, his dad, people like him, libertarians in particular, they were the closest I've ever come to like feeling like I could get behind a specific political movement you know but because of everything that i've kind of just evolved towards mentally 
cognitively i look at that and it looks like fucking theater too Mm -hmm. i can't tell the difference and isn't that the problem right it's tough dude my dad you know um me and my dad are real close when it comes to like everything you know we talk about Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff and he sent me a picture of Rand paul gun shopping um and to me it just seemed like a theater theater moment right it seemed like and you know it's his back towards the camera so like it's it's a great way to paint it in the mind of someone that no dude he didn't even know that the picture was being taken right this is just who he is man yeah no bodyguards around him right it's like no dude you know Mm -hmm. that right off frame there's a couple of big mother effers over there just hanging (laughs) out dude so it's uh to me man Uh, it's it is hard to see what's actually going on but i think that it makes sense to and it it really is beneficial to at least know that that you know i mean i i would just start by saying that nothing is true you know nothing that you're (laughs) hearing is true and try and prove yourself wrong instead of being the fool that believes that the vaccines are safe without any real proof i'm not saying that the vaccines aren't safe but I don't know. And I'm not willing to risk the chance, dude. You know mm. what I mean? So skeptical um, first, right? Of course, yeah. dude. Inquisitive and that's, first. That's what happened at the beginning of this whole this whole deal, dude. Not to not to harp on about the freaking no, thing that everyone right. else is talking about right now. But <laughs> that's all right. Right. I mean, you can't go anywhere without freaking talking about this crap. But at the <laughs> beginning yeah. of this, <laughs> at the beginning of this whole thing, dude, and I feel like this kind of plays into the whole liberal versus conservative mindset. Um, Brandon, my old co-host, you know, very, very liberal um, in the beginning of this whole thing in March. He was planning a trip to Disneyland. And I was like, dude, you better hold off on that because we don't know what's going on here. It's like, no, nah, man, like, I'm just going to go. We're going to do our thing. And meanwhile, you see like Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown telling everyone to go and give Chinese people hugs because we don't want to <laughs> look like bigots. It's like that's kind of bigoted statement to me yeah. uh, saying like, go find, you know, freaking Italy had National Hug of Chinese Day. They called really? it that. Swear that's to God. So dude. dark, isn't it? It's like it's like it, we're, we're so not racist that we're going to make everything <laughs> about race. You know, um, yeah. I mean, nationally, co- like comedically, we've always called out the white person being like way too not racist you know like the guy that's desperately trying to prove that he's not racist and that's literally what they all are it's so hilarious yeah they do so many (laughs) i know if you're focusing on nothing but race it's it's pretty obvious that you may be a little racist but um (laughs) so anyway dude you know we're we're sitting there and, and we at somewhere along the line everything flipped i mean conservative people uh more conservative minds i don't really identify as conservative i'm independent technically mm-hmm. um but I, I definitely am more like fiscally conservative um i don't think that like uh homosexuality has a place in schools um you know for for young kids and stuff like that i got nothing wrong with people being gay dude that's that's their business that's a good um, clarification but- to make too man because i feel like a lot of people will say that first part and kind of get fucked publicly because honestly let's let's take it a step back kids don't need any sexual training at that age you know the shit the books that were coming out that were controversial months ago going out to like eight-year-olds about masturbation and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that's unbelievable 
regardless of the orientation. You know what I mean? So well, I, I totally agree with you, you know, and when you're adults, yeah, fuck off. Do yeah, exactly, want. man. As long <laughs> as you're, you're consenting, you're not messing with kids. That's great. But then when you start yes. getting in the mind of a kid, like, dude, when I was young, I freaking got a dollhouse for Christmas one year, like a mm. big freaking dollhouse. You know what I mean? And I'm sure my dad was a little worried, you know, because <laughs> I grew up in the nineties. I was all about this it's pink a, dollhouse. Right. Mm. Um, I used to love Barbies and stuff like that. I really just took their clothes off and I enjoyed seeing, <laughs> seeing what was underneath there. Um, but, you know, like I liked this weird, you know, kind of more girl toys. They were kind of dope to me. Like I was always kind of more artistic, always into drawing and painting rather than like sports. I played baseball and stuff, but I was into like art type stuff. Um, if I was growing up today, dude, they would, I feel, artificially program me to be either a trans transvestite or or possibly gay which again you know doesn't matter to me but um forcing I, does the forcing does matter exactly that, that coercion big time matters yeah dude, let people other. let people grow up and figure out the way that they want to be because things change big time dude like yeah. now i mean i'm still into art i still love drawing and but you know i love football i love ufc i love more uh masculine things now and i can't stand beta type dudes like i just right. I can't stand that you know what i mean especially so, the proud ones yeah that's yeah. the worst like dudes walking <laughs> around wearing dresses and stuff that's it's it's weird to me it's freakish but again you're a man do what you want you're a grown dude whatever for sure um but yeah man it, so uh i i forgot where we were at right there but it's just, just you know we're, this is all talking about the same stuff you know we're, they're kind of testing out how they can break down society as you were saying from the very beginning yeah man. And it seems like they're doing it from so many different angles. I mean, of course, you know, we don't have to cover everything you've covered because I want my listeners to go check out that series on your on your podcast, man. Um, shit, what would you like you. to get it? What, what would you like to tell me about what you learned? Seriously, because I know a good amount, but you just got into all this shit, man. And there's probably a lot of stuff that you didn't get to mention on the show. Is there anything that you'd like to get out that you, you know, you've been dwelling on while you've been doing the series, you know? Uh, I mean, nothing that I didn't cover. Cause I, I, I spoke about essentially everything that I got into in the book. There is about half the book that I didn't get to. Um, once I realized how dense it was, I was like, okay, I can't read this whole thing and do a 30 part series on this. It's just going to be <laughs> seven or less. Right. Um, one thing, though, was pretty interesting uh, for me was like the whole like weather manipulation stuff and yeah. how how on record it is that weather manipulation is a thing. And again, weather manipulation does have some effect on our minds as well. Those electrical impulses. There is no coincidence that the names of these virus strains that are coming out now are the same as different waves in our brains. The delta is the lowest uh mu which just came out mu yep. or mu uh that one is a new one that's the highest level so i'm a little weirded out by you know okay what do they have planned because they're they're following this pattern here um mm. but yeah tesla nikola tesla spoke with the new york times and uh i forget what year he did it off the top of my head but he he talked about a patent that he had in the million range it was you know one of the older patents um, talking about how he had technology that could absolutely manipulate weather. It could uh, burn an airplane engine 300 miles away and all this crazy stuff. And then you get another individual uh, that, that worked for Arco, the, um, the oil company, 
doing the same stuff, talking about how, yeah, we figured out a way to control weather. Um, he was really angry that the, the patent became uh, public knowledge. This was supposed to be a secretive thing. Mm. And um, you see the, the, the aspects of how this whole thing can work out for an oil company like Arco. Um, but yeah, dude, it wasn't that. That was just to cover the whole time. And, and they end up going in and, and then heavily pushing back that, no, weather, weather modification is not possible, even though it was in uh, Vietnam. Uh, Operation Blue Nile was something Ooh. that they did against Castro. I don't Castro. know about that one. Yeah, that was something that they did against Castro to try and ruin his sugar crops. They were trying to intercept rain. They called it cloud milking, uh, which sounds kind of weird to me, but they <laughs> call it cloud milking. And uh, the, the goal was to make the clouds that were heading in from the ocean over to Cuba would rain before they hit Cuba. And they accidentally kind of screwed it up and did it backwards. So it just dumped rain on Cuba. Um, and it still ruined the sugar crops. But um, to me, this is where I think that Havana syndrome stuff comes in. They screwed with them back in the Cold War times with Castro. And so now, guess what? Your diplomats are going to suffer permanent brain damage because you guys, you know, kind of threw off our whole our whole game there. So that's a um, good point. <laughs> are you familiar with Havana syndrome? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty dark shit. It's weird, dude. Supposedly Kamala Harris got hit with it in Singapore. So I think that it's it's very interesting. Um, I think that was probably not true. I think that they're trying to get her more sympathy because she's so unlikable. You know, Have you I mean? noticed that the Biden and her uh, the past few days have been very uh, not on the same page with their speeches. They seem to be telling different stories. And doesn't that perfectly kind of follow suit with what we've all kind of assumed what her role really is in this, you know, to kind of eventually probably take over for the old incompetent man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I think that uh, I think that that was set up to, to be the case and, that that ties right back into mind control, oddly enough, because if you have two officials at the highest level of government giving contradictory messages, uh, sort of like the idea of Fauci telling someone one week not to wear a mask and then someone the next week to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Us as grown adults, independent adults, we still tend to like someone that can tell us what to do with some authority. Right. It, as weird as it sounds at a subconscious level, adults like to trust authoritative figures sort of like kids like to trust their parents normally right mm. um now i understand there are outliers but um yeah if if we have definitive answers from our government some people find nothing more comforting than that right me personally i would rather um kind of think for myself and, and figure out what what works out you know with the internet there is so much information out there that we can find out very quickly i mean i feel like everyone's become like a quasi epidemiologist in the last freaking year dude like people are talking about stuff and i'm like how did you learn that you didn't go to school and like blah blah, blah. Um, yeah we're throwing those standards out a little bit i think in a healthy way you know that not necessarily that if you have a degree you're full of shit automatically but the fact that the more the internet allows us to to have access to these types of education at our fingertips. I mean, anyone can, it's the DIY movement, right? Yeah. Everybody's their own photographer. Now everybody can own like a, a professional camera. You know, mm -hmm. I have a podcast studio. You have a podcast studio. We can do it from our homes now where 30 years ago it was like, wow, I hope I get rich and, and famous to, and I can do that one day. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's all, I don't know. And then of course it's all pushed on us though, too. So it's like it a double edged. It's like good, 
but it's like where's it coming from and maybe where where is it leading us or something they're yeah. giving us so much tech and they're allowing us to play with so much of it and like oh it's all cheap now you can all have it at the at your fingertips because the tech is your best friend don't worry come along with us exactly. we'll make it a part of you someday we'll do it <laughs> and i mean that goes beyond mind control even that's like physical control right like yeah. at least i don't know they dude, got if- the cat in the bag at that point yeah. you know yeah, exactly. I don't know if you've ever had this kind of go down, man. And like, I've had it happen just a few times, but it creeps me out when it happens. Um, you know, Instagram and all these different sites, they have like paid ads or even your computer. They'll always be pop ups on the side of some websites uh, kind of catering to what your algorithm uh, you know, say like you, I'm a dude that, you know, works at this place and I like watching this stuff and blah, blah, blah. They'll take what most people that have those same habits like, and they'll market directly towards you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever been thinking about a product in your head, only in your head, and you never speak about it, but it pops up on your freaking back, you know, like in, in a paid advertisement. Yeah. And my wife as well. And then it's, fucking weird man there's something about that dude there's a lot of people that can relate to that and i don't know if they already have the technology to actually kind of at a surface level read our minds to a Mm. t you know what i mean because i i firmly believe dude that someone can talk about committing a crime um in like a hyperbolic way and probably not get popped for it but i i feel like if someone's talking about a crime or thinking about a crime and like a massive one, you know, I'm not going to say anything specific here because, you know, we're on we're recording. <laughs> um, but just if someone's thinking about something that would be devastating, if the government doesn't want that to happen, somehow it, it gets shut down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that, dude, but I think that the so technology really, is already there to read minds. That's it. You know, it's you definitely bring up something I think about often. And it's that, you know, Sam Tripoli likes to say uh, 4D chess. Mm. And um, people talk about looking glass. If you if you're familiar with that, with the this very sci-fi idea that they, I don't know, I can't remember the origins of it, if they discovered it or they created it, but some technology to peer into the future, and that's how they're manip- It's all excuses, basically, of what we don't know, how mm. they are able to, and we're talking, you know, you know me, I love the ancient stuff and it's the same thing back then they had no human time to get this so perfect that's what's weird and i know we're kind of branching off away from mind control here but no no you know it's all i'm you know i kind of i've been playing with simulation theory lately and not necessarily the standard version but just the idea that the whole thing could be rigged. You know what I mean? I've taken a lot of acid in my day and I've watched my <laughs> physical form disappear in front of my cameras. Cameras aren't supposed to manipulate shit, right? Really? So it's, you know, I wonder, and DMT, of course, you know, the whole physical experience around you can potentially melt away depending on if you break through or not. And so it's like, maybe the strings are being pulled from outside the theater. I don't know, man, because a lot of times this 4D chess shit, right? Think about this. A lot of the symbolism they put in our faces and a lot of the synchronicities Mm -hmm. that all line up that we we tend to go, look at that. They're repeating themselves. It's happening over and over again. They're throwing it in our faces. It's so obvious and so man-made. So I'm lacking a, you know, Saigon and a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect 
little example, and we could give a million more <laughs> of this fractal uh, thing where it's like they just repeat themselves and they push it at us. And we see it in a certain way in the conspiracy theory community is this like Lucy kind of thing or whatever mm. you want to, whatever rabbit hole you want to go down. But I see that shit happen in nature a lot too. And, and, you know, you bring up this algorithm thing and maybe I'm just looking at it from a way more hippy dippy point of view, but it is interesting. I heard someone say once, what if all of our screens are actually blank and it's actually oh. us and what it, the manipulation is still there. They're still doing something in place, but like, a lot of it is actually, you know, the matrix idea that we're the powerful ones. We're that battery. We're that energy. And we're the ones that are like powering our own delusion, maybe. And that goes into dark realms. Yeah, dude, that's fascinating. I mean, that's what, you know, the, that show Black Mirror, which I love, dude. I can't stand yeah. Netflix, but I love that show Black Mirror. Black Mirror is referring, I know that you're speaking of a different screen, but like, you know, Black Mirror is a, is a, a computer screen when it's turned mm -hmm. off. You know, that's what they're talking about there. Um, again, I know you're talking about something different, but I think. No, that it, really, I'm talking about that, too. Yeah. All our screens, supposedly. It's yeah. all us powering all of it. It's crazy, mm. crazy theory. But go that ahead. Is, yeah. Black Mirror is a great parallel. Oh, yeah. Dude. No, it, it's phenomenal. And they they do weird little connections and kind of calls to this kind of stuff, too. But um what about fluoride, dude? Because fluoride yeah. is one of these weird, weird deals. And that guy that I was mentioning earlier, his name's Charles Elliott Perkins. He was this American businessman, they called him. Um, but he brought it to the attention of uh, the elites and and I, I think Johns Hopkins specifically. And he talked about how IG Farben uh, partnered up with the Nazi party back in the day uh, when you know the Holocaust was going on. And they gave the Jewish people uh fluoride for years before the holocaust or not just the jewish people but they gave people fluoride for years in order to you know we always think like how did this happen how did all these people just walk into these camps um yeah. because of the fluoride had a major part of it you know and obviously taking guns away and things like this um but even while these poor people were at these camps uh they were constantly given fluoride pills uh, fluoride in the water and all this crazy stuff like that that just made them so submissive because you would think if you're being starved and you and you're a skeleton with a pulse essentially why why would you want to continue going on you know what i mean like if you if there's no way out you know and and i mean god bless the people that got out of that and, and the ones that didn't man it's a it's a sad sad thing it's one of the dark points in history for this earth mm -hmm. um but it, it blows my mind kind of how it happened how they allowed it to happen and it's the mind control dude hitler was into some dark dark stuff obviously but not not just on the levels that we are familiar with uh major occultist mm -hmm. uh goebbels was was huge into propaganda and he really mastered the art of mind control at that level where people were were so dumbfounded by the message that was coming across and i i actually believe you know you, you mentioned acid um, I actually believe that LSD is a type of fluoride. I know that it's given a lot of people or vice versa. Fluoride is a type of LSD. And I know that LSD has given a lot of people like some very interesting experiences. Um, a lot of them I hear are, are pretty darn positive, too. But there was this operation that uh, that the CIA was running under uh, MK Ultra called Operation Big City. And they would do things like take the subway stations in New York 
and pump LSD through the the vents, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, take like vehicles, um, and the gas that's coming out of the mu- the muffler is LSD infused. Um, obviously, we talked about the Mary Pranksters a little bit. They're putting acid on doorknobs and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, but they were they wanted trying- to dose the world. Yeah, they were trying to dose the world, dude. And I think what and what they also realized, you know, this the dude that was in charge of Operation Big City, he tried to put LSD in the tap water. So, like, I mean, imagine just getting tap water and you're getting LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, they they realized that that the acidity is low. The, so the the water in the tap has to be pretty darn acidic be, to counteract the lead poisoning that you would get if if it wasn't acidic, which is pretty screwed up too. <laughs> yeah, but. So they figured out that LSD wouldn't live in the water that was acidic like that. So, you know, what does is fluoride. And what this Charles Elliott Perkins was saying when he was trying to tell the, the uh, CIA, you know, or and the, you know, government, uh, you know, playmakers sitting there saying like, hey, uh, you can give anyone fluoride for a year long period and they will never be the same person, man, woman or child. They'll never be the same person after a year of microdosing. That's just microdosing. So this is what we're getting in our tap water. And I don't care if you buy Aquafina or you buy any other kind of water, you're getting fluoride in that too. Absolutely. Um, there's one way to get fluoride out hundred percent that I know of, and it's very expensive. It's called Kangen water. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a Japanese method, K-A-N-G-E-N. And it's a method where you've got a couple of platinum plates that the water runs down. The platinum electrifies the water. And uh, takes out the the fluoride and like all the other chemicals, keeps it like pretty alkaline for a 24 hour period or so. The fluoride's gone once once, you know, you run it through this thing. But those systems, man, the cheapest ones, fifteen hundred bucks. The the more average ones are like seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, this dude's talking about how, yeah, no one is ever the same person. No one is ever themselves after taking tiny, tiny amounts of fluoride for one year. So wow. I think that it's kind of interesting to think about, dude, that you're not who you really are, who you would have been. I'm not really who I would have been either if we weren't given tap water with fluoride in it from birth, man. It's kind of screwed up, dude. We are yeah. not as in tune with the earth as we should have been. Um, not in tune with a lot of things, dude. And I think that the people that follow the agendas more easily are more susceptible, just like any other drug. You know, I probably have a pretty high alcohol tolerance. You may have a different tolerance when it comes to other things. I had a high alcohol tolerance when I drank, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But I mean, you see what I'm saying? Some people don't have an alcohol tolerance. Right. I think that some people have a natural tolerance to fluoride. Doesn't mean that, you know, we can communicate with other realms or anything, but I think that we can see the forest through the trees instead of uh you know kind of just falling in line like a freaking sheep to the slaughter man yeah dude because i mean you can take it to the 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 like way out there spiritual level or you can bring it down to hard science both can can be complementary the idea that fluoride does something negative to us on a Mm -hmm. cognitive level you know call it cognition or call it you know spiritual attunement or you know whatever you want it's it is a thing with fluoride and the idea that they've been able to sell it to us on this idea that it's toxic everywhere else unless we drink it yeah it's so wild and it's that's weird, the mind man. control 
It's in your toothpaste most of the time. Um, I mean, Gatorade, it's in a lot of things. Lots of stuff, man. Dude, you know what I, I found that was kind of interesting? There was a guy that that uh, was in charge of the mind control department of, at, uh, or at the psychological department. I call them mind control departments at Colgate University. <laughs> and uh, Colgate was the first ever toothpaste, you know, to come out mass produced with fluoride in it like that. So I like there's these weird little kind of connections. I realize to some people it may sound like I'm kind of grasping at straws here, but I think uh. that these these little connections that seem so mundane, there's something there in my opinion. So, you know what I say is that if you were watching a detective series or a detective movie and which my father does, he's not into conspiracy theories, but he loves a good cop drama. And I used to, too. You're watching people do exactly what conspiracy theorists do. Yet mm -hmm. they're applauded by society because they're using their gut. They're going by anecdotal evidence and they're piecing together a puzzle and no one laughs at them. They pay them a salary and respect them and let them be the deciding factor in those cases. Isn't that interesting? So yeah. we get ostracized for doing that same almost scientific method. You could call it, you know, it's yeah. funny. How that's more of the mind control. Yeah, dude, you know, um, uh, just to wrap, just to make one last point on the floor, I think, and then I have something to add exactly to what you say about the mis cool. mis mysteries versus conspiracies thing. Um, the, the idea of what fluoride was supposed to be, it, it makes people more suggestible. So, I mean, it makes people yes. more, more, um, you know, because we're wondering, like, why would they want to put fluoride? Why would they just want to poison the people that work for them and blah, blah, blah? Well, not only are they poisoning you because they can get you into their healthcare system, which is just keeping you sick. But it's to keep you dumb. It's to keep you more suggestible. And I'm not saying that everyone's dumb that drinks tap water. I freaking have to drink tap water, too. Um, but it's kind of good, I think, to know um, these little, you know, backhand methods that they use. Right. Um, so that, that's the only reason that I am so obsessed with this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, dude, I talked with the guy, uh, Bruce Sackman. He was a special agent that that went around and he he's not a conspiracy theorist whatsoever, but he used the same kind of methods that crazy people like you and I do to really arrest some bad, bad people that were killing veterans in hospitals. You know Holy what I mean? Shit. Yeah. yeah I haven't dude. gotten to that one yet. I got to listen to that one. <laughs> dude. So uh, just to let you know, my mic was, was weird for some reason. And I sound like, I think I was just using my freaking computer mic, but dude, this guy, he arrested uh, medical serial killers is what it's called. And these people kill on average like 60 freaking people dude they're like so like the average uh serial killer will kill like six or ten before they get caught right uh these people like michael swango uh would would literally deliberately give them too much heart medication uh one lady in in uh, italy was injecting ble or no in texas i'm sorry was injecting bleach into people's ivs um Jesus. a guy in germany was he killed like 400 people um you know just medical patients you know sitting people that go in to try and get treated and they get killed because their families are annoying to the the person working on them like this lady in italy um Oof. or or just for for some weird kind of desire to to murder people but yeah you're right dude we don't look at people like bruce sackman and say like that guy's crazy as a society yeah. we we say he's a hero but if someone questions 9-11 or jfk they're a tinfoil hat wearing scumbag you know what i mean absolutely it's, but hey, I wear hey, it proudly. Damn right. You got to just like Tyrion Lannister said in Game of Thrones, right? You're a bastard. The world knows you're a bastard. Wear it like a badge of honor. You know, there you never... go, dude. That's what it's Hell all yeah, about, man. man. Well, just real quick, dude, that, you know, uh, we were talking about predictive programming, right? And oh, shit. Now I just drew a complete blank. 
what I was going to say. <laughs> so fuck predictive program. I mean, dude, there's a lot of freaking movies and books about that stuff, man. It's insane. Yeah. Well, it's something you just, you just said. And of course, some my stoner brain just escaped, but that's all right. We got fluoride. Come. We got all <sighs> stuff. Well, it was no? about Sackman. That's all right, man. It's floating around in there somewhere. <laughs> but hey, yeah, man, it's it's been fucking real, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure talking to you, dude. Hey, so, man, the uh, pleasure is all mine, dude. You, you have a great show, and I think that it's going to be huge, dude. I really thanks, go. dude. I, we're all rising together, I think, man. We're building this community together one step at a time, one puzzle piece at a time, right? Exactly, man. No, it's a great community, dude. And like people like you, I mean, legit bats a fun, fun uh, show. Ron from New England. Ron dude. from New England. <laughs> Yeah, man. Everyone is so supportive, dude. And like, I honestly, man, I love going on like your show. I love doing those just as much as I like doing my own show. Sometimes more, dude, because it's fun to like talk to people. Hell yeah. And a little bit of pressure's off, you know, it's like you're not you're not the one. It's yeah. like, hey, what's what's this guy going to throw at me? I'm just here to hang out. <laughs> exactly, know? dude. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on, man. Absolutely. Uh, just make sure to tell my listeners where they can find you. Yeah, dude. Uh, Dangerous World Podcast. I'm running it solo now. I used to do it with my liberal minded co-host who was a globalist. We used to debate on a lot of these things. He pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> Shout out to um, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, man. Brandon's a good guy. He's doing his thing, dude. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I always push my Patreon a lot just because I try to um, like I said, I'm trying to do this full time. Uh, so it's just Patreon.com slash Dangerous World. Got a store. I just noticed too, dude, that you're wearing one of the shirts. I really oh. appreciate that, man. Oh, yeah, How's dude. it holding up? Honestly, I can't see. Dude, I've had it for what, like two, three, four months now. I can't even remember how long I've had it, but I wear it. I wear it a lot. It's still in great shape, man. Awesome, dude. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, those it's shirts well. are 17, 1776 for each shirt. Um, and so yeah, man, just uh just trying to grow my show a little bit. But yeah, man, thanks for waiting. Yeah, oh, your mic was blocking it, so I couldn't even see, dude. But yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. Hell yeah, man. All right, everybody. Well, go check out Dangerous World Podcast. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, cactus carrier. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.